Welcome to the Inner Circle Podcast Network presentation of The Slimmer Circle. My name is Jason Almy. I'm joined by my wife, Christina Almy. Hi, everyone. Hi, Christina. Uh, Christina is a registered dietitian nutritionist. She's board certified and licensed to practice medical nutrition therapy. She holds a master's degree in nutrition and exercise science from James Madison University. I myself am a certified strength and conditioning specialist and a master's student in nutrition science at the University of New Hampshire. So that is to say that we are credible experts in the fields of nutrition and exercise. So you should listen to what we have to say, right, Han? Yes. Damn right. <laughs> this show is also brought to you by Almy Be Well. Almy Be Well is a private nutrition and dietetics practice with uh, several specialties, including weight loss, diabetes management, uh, pre and post-op bariatric surgery. The internet has a lot of nutrition information, uh, but a lot of it's crap. So how are you supposed to tell what's good and what's bad? You you really do need to seek out a licensed medical professional, especially if you're dealing with other medical conditions, uh, comorbidities like Crohn's disease, heart disease, uh, diabetes disease. All of these diseases can complicate your nutritional needs, right, hon? Mm-hmm. And so it is very important. I beg of you, please don't trust everything you read on the internet. Just because the Huffington Post published it doesn't mean that it's good, credible info. Consulting a licensed professional really is the best way to be sure that you're receiving health advice, nutrition education that's evidence-based. So please go to almybewell.com or email Christina with a C-H, that's Christina at almybewell.com to find out more about Almybewell and what type of services they offer. Riley just published the leaderboard today. Let me pull that leaderboard up. I wonder if you're in first place now. Oh, absolutely not. Um, <laughs> I am not in the top five. I have reduced my weight and I have uh, maintained my weight reduction, and yet I am not beating some of the other folks in the leaderboard. And I'm I'm excited for them nonetheless, despite the fact that I'm not in the top five. Whatever. What would be interesting is at the end, if everybody um, shares what they found to work, so it'd be nice. It's almost like a little case study. That would be actually a really wonderful way for us to follow up with everybody that participates all the way through. We could talk to the folks who lost weight in some of these episodes and find out like what they did and what they felt like worked. I yeah. think that's a fantastic explanation. Yeah, idea. what's working, what's not working. This is why you're the expert. This is why, this is why. So I have our leaderboard. Uh, of course, the Slimmer Circle is connected to a competition, a friendly competition amongst some of the podcasters in the Inner Circle Network, along with some of the other podcasters that we're friendly with, people like uh, Devin and Maddox from the Heavyweight Chumps, as well as uh, Heather from Zero Fucks Given are participating with us. Uh, and our leaderboard is as follows for week four. Jay from Tampa is in fifth place. That's Tampa two rings, two titties, two rings. Jason from Tampa, he's on the hashtag no offense show, honey. He has lost 3.4% of his body weight. In fourth place, Joey Bin Bin, old Joey Bin Bin, Ramadan is keeping him in the leaderboard. He has lost 4.2%. Of his yeah. body weight. Yeah, that's pretty good. Third place, we got uh, Riles Trudy from the Plunger Rooney. We got Mr. Riles Trudy. He's in fourth place. He's lost 4.8% body body weight, body mass. So that's good. Uh, Joe Boulay is really, I mean, he's like rocketing for the top spot. I got to say, I'm really impressed with his progress. He's increased or improved. He's moved up to the second spot. 
he's lost 4.9% of his original body mass. So he's been trucking. He's been posting his workouts and stuff online. This guy's been kicking ass. In first place still is our very own lunchbox, uh, the the devourer of space cookies, uh, the real Watsky, a.k.a. Chris Watsky from the hashtag no offense show. He has lost 8.2% wow. of his body weight. I know. That's pretty good. The guy's in the sauna every day. I, I want to ask him about that next time he comes on the show. He's going to the sauna. He's sending us pictures of him, like, absolutely sweating through one of our shit happens when you party naked shirts. I'm like, why do you got to wear that thing to the sauna? That's like one small step up above using it as toilet paper, man. Come on. But he's wearing it to the gym, so God bless him for representing, and he's been on it. I mean, Lunchbox has been crack a lacking. Yeah. Maybe what would be cool is at the end is do a nice interview. Yeah. With the first place winner. Yeah, I think that should be one of the benefits. Besides walking away with $240, that's what the winner is getting. Take his wife out for a nice uh, seafood dinner. I don't know. Something special. Lean seafood dinner. Yeah. What week are lean, we on? Of course. I believe that's week four that I just read. The week Those four, are fast weight loss. Yeah. So he's been on it. He's really been doing good. Great job to all you guys. We do have a question today. And I thought it was a great question. Kayla from the Bad Bitches podcast. That's Bad Bitches with a Z at the end, okay? That's how bad these bitches are. It's got a Z at the end of bitches. So Kayla from Bad Bitches has a question for us, Han. And I thought that this was just such a great question uh, for you to answer. So she writes, I am a small person and people constantly tell me I don't eat enough. I don't know the science behind it, but I just listen to my body and eat when it tells me and stop eating when I get full. There is just no possible way 2,000 calorie a day diet would be good for me. Now, my fiance, on the other hand, is 200 pounds and five foot nine, and he eats all my leftovers, and he is very fit. My question is, where did the 2,000 calorie diet thing come from, and what size of person would that be meant for? Is there a way to figure out what would be the right target for her body weight and height? So I thought that was an excellent question because it really gets to the heart of the idea that intake for each person is individualized. So I did a little research. Mm -hmm. If I may, I'll share the research into the history of the 2,000 calorie a day diet because I was kind of curious about this as well. The the history of the 2,000 calorie a day diet, uh, according to Marion Nessel, she's a professor in nutrition, food studies, and public health at New York University. So she's a very credible source. She's written several books on food policy in the U.S. And, um, of course, she's a nutrition professor. Uh, She wrote an article that I'm using, that I'm citing here. The FDA needed benchmarks for comparison for certain nutrients, things like sodium and saturated fat, right? We want to make sure that we're not eating too much of certain things and we're eating enough of others. Mm -hmm. So in order to have a benchmark to be able to say you're doing a good job or you're not doing good enough, you're eating too much, you're eating too little, they needed a number to to base that off of. USDA surveys during that era indicated that women usually reported eating 1,600 to 2,200 calories per day. Men reported typically eating 2,000 to 3,000 calories per day. So the FDA eventually settled on 2,000 calories per day after some input from nutrition professionals. Um, And so the 2,000 was seen as a, a number that was slightly rounded down and it was close enough to a realistic consumption based on what they found the men and women reported eating. And it's a nice round number. It makes it easy to do math because our nutrient recommendations are based on our caloric intake, right, Han? 
I would say like your macros are, but a lot of your vitamins and minerals aren't based on um, calories. And those would be based more on age and gender? Age and gender. Okay. And condition. Like whatever yes. diagnosis someone Medical has. condition, yeah. Like you've been told to have more iron. You need some iron supplements. Yeah, or just being pregnant in general increases some of your nutrient needs. Folate, stuff like that. Yeah. Kayla's first question, to answer her first question, is 2,000 calories appropriate for everyone? No. Okay. 100% no. 100% no. So uh, just like Marion Nestle said, it's more like a round guidepost for people. Mm-hmm. For instance, I often think about fiber. Your grams of fiber that's recommended per day is based on the number of calories you eat per day. Given that the 2,000 calorie a day uh, recommendation is just... It's not even really a recommendation. It's just kind of like a guidepost for nutrition labels. What factors might influence someone's calorie need? Yeah, which I think is a great question. Um, I would say it's based off of your gender, of course, your age. Um, You know, males tend to have a higher um, caloric need than females. Typically that's related to the, the amount of like muscle and they tend to be bigger just in general. Age is definitely a factor. We tend to throughout the lifespan, you need a lot of calories like through adolescence and then you might peak and then it starts to go down as you age. Mm-hmm. Also uh, what your um, activity level is. So if you're um, and that's just like your daily activity. So if you're yeah. sedentary throughout the day, if you have an active job, that will be counted in with how much your just your baseline calorie goal is. And then if and then the final thing is, are you trying to lose weight, gain weight, or uh, maintain? It sounds like what you've said is that not only will different individuals require different amounts of calories mm-hmm. based on the individual, but even even with the same individual, he or she might need different amounts of calories based on maybe how active they are that day or like from age to age, like you're going to need more when you're 18 versus when you're 38. Yes, 100%. And so like I hear some older people say that um, they don't understand why they've gained weight, they've changed nothing. Well, unfortunately, you're just going to likely need less calories as you age. So given everything else is the same, I mean, if you're gaining weight, that means that your calories are too high. Yeah. And so, yeah, you have to constantly adjust your calories as you go. Um, yeah. So you have to adjust your intake as you as you age. And that mm-hmm. intake needs to, to typically adjust downward. Yes. What if you're very physically active or what if you're not very physically active, but you're becoming more physically active, like you joined a weight loss contest and you begin going to the gym or you begin going to the gym more? How does that affect mm-hmm. your caloric need? That's a good question too. Um, when somebody is trying to lose weight, I mean, you don't want to be starving the body. So we use the analogy of you don't you don't want to you can't drive a car on e yeah. so significantly reducing your calories while you're also increasing your exercise is going to put you in too far of a deficit and it's going to cause more harm than good mm-hmm. um however if you're just go if you're going to the gym and maybe you're burning 1 to 200 calories fantastic use that as a additional deficit yeah and and go with that so kind of like what we said about uh last week about the Gatorade beverages that are are sugar-sweetened and caloric, you probably don't need these beverages unless you're really hitting a certain level of exercise. But if you're just going for a walk, you don't need to... 
you don't need a sports drink for a 30 minute treadmill or, or where you burn like 150 calories. But, but you would say in general that when someone is more active, they need to consume a little bit more for that activity versus someone who's sedentary. So if you had two patients and one of them is totally sedentary, no other exercise outside of activities of daily living, and then you have a second patient, patient B, who is very, very active, goes for walks on her lunch break and hits the gym uh, many afternoons, does yoga some mornings, but you would classify her as very, very active. If these people are metabolically, age-wise, gender, everything very similar, um, am I correct in saying that the more active person is probably going to need a little bit more in terms of, of food intake? I would say likely. Okay. I, I think then it's also the individualization, mm-hmm. you know. So It'll you, depend on her goal. It, on the goal yeah. and then the person. And so I think in general you can say yes, which is the perk to working out and staying really fit. You typically can eat more. You typically, yeah. <laughs> you can get away with a little bit more if you've got more muscle mass. I think that speaks to the metabolic activity of certain tissues. So yep. for folks who exercise quite a bit and have quite a bit of muscle, Randall, I'm looking at you, you can eat a little bit more calories and your more metabolically active tissue needs those calories to to self-sustain. But then someone who has a higher percent body fat and a more sedentary lifestyle, they have Mm -hmm. less muscle mass. Even if they're in equivalent weight, they still require fewer calories because they have less metabolically active tissue. With yep. the body fat. I think that's a, a huge thing when it comes to athletic training. Um, and it, it does sound like there are just a lot of factors that influence someone's caloric need. Yeah. So what does that say for trying to figure out my caloric mm-hmm. need? I mean, should I, is that something that I can Google? Can I just figure out my caloric need on the internet? Or how would an average person, so a non-expert, how would they go about determining their caloric need. Mm-hmm. Well, you can reach out to Almy Be Well. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Christina at almybewell.com. That's Christina with CH. So uh, besides, <laughs> besides reaching out to Christina, are there some good ways there that are. people can kind of eyeball in the meantime or yeah. spitball it? I would say there's, I mean, there's a lot of resources yeah. um, to to look at. Um, there's some common like equations that are used. And like if you go on and there's a... There's a lot of calculators. Often they'll quote where they're, you know, what equation they're using. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like Mifflin Saint um, Mifflin Saint Jour, yeah, yeah, is a big one. And Harris Benedict, Harris Benedict, those yeah. are like the biggest <laughs> one. There might be one other that's common. So I mean, there's a lot of equations that will let you mm-hmm. plug in your your demographics, your age, height, weight, gender. And then they'll look at your activity. So there's a lot online that you can yeah. look at and estimate. You can go Google either one of the those, but you should be able to. I guess it's just a little caveat. You want to make sure that it's a, you know, I I, I guess what comes up for me is you don't want to be using a calculator that's on some like extreme light weight loss or something yeah. crazy like that where they're going to give you a recommendation of like 800, 1,000 calories. But but yeah, they, I mean, even if you put in a um calorie calculate if you google something yeah. like that generally so, they're going to be safe i think that speaks to what i said a moment ago at the beginning of the episode that you just unfortunately you can't trust every resource online yeah. it's it's very easy to throw up a website it's very easy to spout off nutritional claims it's a lot harder to make sure that you're giving people good advice and that 
something that might be good advice for one person because these these needs are so individualized and they can be predicated on uh, illness, disease state, or even an injury condition like severe burns. You're going to need more calories. So mm-hmm. you've got to be very careful, I think, with what type of advice you accept because a lot of people are not very scrupulous about the person-to-person individual need of calories as well as other nutrients. So be careful what you search online. The reason why we mentioned Mifflin St. Jour and Harris Benedict was so that you would know what these calorie calculators, if you use an automated calorie calculator, make sure that it's based on one of these calculators. Mm -hmm. And Christina, you mentioned websites that give you really, really low calorie recommendations. Um, In general, what do you think is like too low. What's just mm. crazy low? I know some mm-hmm. people are going to need lower calories than mm-hmm. others. Some people are going to need higher calories than others. But what just what number just strikes you as just insane? This is mm-hmm. not healthy. Low. Yeah, we use generally we use twelve less than twelve hundred for a female as a cutoff, and less than fifteen hundred for a male. Mm-hmm. Not to say that there's n- there's never a situation that that would be appropriate for a male female. I'm thinking dwarfs. <laughs> Gary Coleman. I mean. But in general, those are the oh, fever and Troyer. <laughs> those are your general cutoffs. Um, and the reason there is if you're eating less than that for either gender, you're likely it's unlikely that you're gonna get in your required nutrition. Um, and so yeah. then at that point you really wanna be working with a um, you know, a doctor or a dietitian, somebody to monitor you, monitor your nutrition and recommend supplements, um, and just ensure that you're really getting in what you need to get in. Yeah. So the inherent danger in drastic underconsumption is that you're not consuming enough food to get the nutrients that come with that food, calcium, protein, potassium, fiber, all this good stuff, all the vitamins and minerals we need, iron and stuff like that, that if you're not consuming enough food, if you're falling into that anorexic level of consumption, then you're not getting these things that you need. And so if you have, I'm I'm thinking right now of like a post-op bariatric mm-hmm. um, patients who have a severely reduced intake because they just they have a sleeve or a pouch and they just mm-hmm. they're really limited in terms of how much they can take in at any given mm-hmm. time. Monitoring their intake is like you said, very very important to mm-hmm. make sure that they're getting enough of the. And they're always taking supplements. And just for like perspective, they're generally on like an 800 to 1,000 calorie diet. So that difference between 1,000 and 1,200, I mean, it's it's close. So 1,200 is low. I mean, it's really low. Um, Even for fellas, they tend to be on calorie diets. They may be like 1,200 for a guy post-op. But they're always taking supplements. Okay. Um, so yeah, it's just something to be, yeah, cognizant. And and then there's nutrition, then there's also muscle wasting, the impact on your metabolism. It's likely gonna hit, you know, hit the ground because you're not feeding it enough. If you go into like that starvation mode, which works against you trying to lose weight, you likely can't sustain an intake level that low. And so you're gonna it's if you're trying to eat say 900 to 1,000 calories a day, you're going to waste away your muscle. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to be like, well, F this. I can't do this anymore. Then you're going to start eating a normal diet. Well, now you're at a lower metabolic rate. And so Mm -hmm. you're going to gain the weight back plus some, and you're just eating what you used to eat. Well, it's because you 
killed, you, you wasted away some of your muscle and now you're going to replace it with fat. So that's like how that yo-yo dieting can get in yeah. and you always gain more weight when you, you start going back. back. Yeah. So it's like what I said a moment ago is that metabolically mm-hmm. active tissue. It's huge. It's, it's huge and it works in your advantage. And if you lose that, if you waste away some of that metabolically active tissue ver- via dieting too hard or, or improper uh, nutrition, then when you do eventually bounce back into a more normal eating pattern of higher calories, mm-hmm. what you put back on is not the muscle because your caloric need is already in a lowered state. So you're going to store more. So now when you go back to eating normal, you have a lower calorie need. And if you're just eating what you used to eat, because now you're eating in excess. Yeah. So it's going to get stored as fat. So for that purpose, would you say that for all persons who are um, physically able to, cleared by their doctors to exercise, would you say that exercise is an important component of weight loss because it can help you retain that metabolically active muscle tissue? I would say yes. I would say yes. And then I think... As long as they're cleared to do so. I mean, there are always going to be conditions where someone's not cleared by their doctor to exercise. I'm thinking certain cardiac conditions, maybe um, uh, arthritic conditions where Mm -hmm. they're not... The doc just doesn't want them exercising. But if you're okay to exercise... It's a good part of a healthy weight loss to make sure that you're right. you're not losing that that metabolically active tissue. So, how do we feel about how do we feel about Kayla? Do we feel like she's eating enough? I mean, we don't. She didn't really give me a feel for how much she's actually taking mm-hmm. in and what type of food. So it's really or what her weight is or what her weight is. She simply referred to herself as a small person. So I'm I'm imagining, you know, five, three, five, four, 120 pounds. I'm imagining Carrie Powers, basically. No one out there listening knows who Carrie Powers is, but she's a small lady. So it doesn't sound like she's gaining weight, though. So if she's eating and she's following eating patterns that seem natural to her and she's not gaining any weight, she's probably okay. I mean, we don't know how her calcium status is or, her or anything else, yeah. but... We can say that if she's not, if, Kayla, if you're not, if you're not gaining weight, you're eating, you're following an eating pattern, you're not gaining weight, then do not feel any pressure to eat more. So do you want to make that tip number one is no one should feel any pressure to eat more. If you're not gaining weight and you don't want to gain weight and you don't have a medical need to gain weight. With that caveat, yes, I would agree. Yes. <laughs> because it's obviously going to vary from person to person, but but in general, I think the best the best method is to listen to your body. And I yes. think that's one of the ways... Which is what she's doing. A lot of us go wrong is we stop listening to our internal cues and yeah. we listen to external cues. So if you're listening to your body, you stop when you're full, you eat when you're hungry. Yeah. And then the caveat would be, hopefully you're getting in a proper proper nutrition, then no, you shouldn't feel at all that you should be eating more. Yeah. If, if your goal is to maintain weight and you're maintaining weight, that means you're in a good caloric balance. What do you think for maybe a second tip for folks based on what we've what we've discussed today? Mm, yeah. I think figure out what your calorie needs are. I okay. think if you're trying to lose weight, it's like one of the more important places to start is, okay, okay. what is a calorie goal I can shoot for? And because these equations are always their estimates... Yeah. And they have standard error, so they may be a little bit off. So 
get somewhere to start, see how you respond, and then you can always up or decrease your calories. Yeah. But you need a starting place to shoot for, which, of course, you have to journal your food. Yeah. So that takes us back to last week. If you haven't heard last week's episode yet, now would be a wonderful time to listen to that to make sure that you're following an appropriate intake and that you're journaling to make sure that you're eating that mm-hmm. intake. Mm-hmm. So, so tip number two would figure out your caloric need. Figure out your caloric need and then make sure it's an appropriate caloric need, right? Mm-hmm. Make sure you're not following some... I mean, I know there are like HCG diets out there where there are 500 calories a day mm-hmm. for a period of time. And uh, do please make sure that you're you're following a reasonable eating pattern that just like Kayla's doing, she's, she's listening to her body. She's following a, an eating pattern that's very natural for her. And I want everyone out there to follow eating patterns that are natural for them too. Don't try to fit yourself into this 500 calorie a day diet just because your buddy did it or someone at work or you read about it on the internet. Make sure that caloric intake is appropriate and that it's providing you with your nutrition. So with that being said, if you do want to get in touch with a professional, licensed professional um, who can give you some advice with regard to weight loss and your overall nutrition, nutritional status. So uh, you can get in touch with Christina at Christina with a C-H, Christina at almibewell.com if you'd like to talk more about your nutritional status as you're losing weight, uh, make sure that you're getting enough nutrition. And you can even uh, take advantage of our spring special. We got that going on for a little while longer. Tell us about the spring special, honey. Yeah, so it falls in nicely with this episode where I'll make a meal plan which includes your caloric needs, your macronutrients, um, you'll get the meal plan. You'll get access to a free logging. T- well, it's not free. You'll get access to a logging tool. Yeah, because you're paying for <laughs> you're it. You're paying but... for it. <laughs> um, and then it's included it's in included. the price. Yes, it's included. Yes, that's a wonderful. better way to say it. yeah. So you get um, a logging tool that's included, and then also it comes with six twenty-minute phone calls um, with me, and that's one ninety-nine, and it can be broken up into payment into monthly payments. I see. So uh, that actually is a really good deal if you want um, a professional's help with determining your caloric need, how much should I take in, um, and then those follow-up calls seem like they would be good opportunities for us to tweak my diet, hypothetically speaking, because if I'm not losing weight or if I'm even gaining, like you said, there's a little bit of standard deviation in these equations. So there's a little bit of like hands-on tweaking that you need to do over the course of time. It sounds like that would be a really great way to make that happen. So, mm-hmm. And it's a way to be held accountable and just work through challenges and yeah. strategize. Um, Accountability you know, cause, is huge. Because in behavior change, is challenging. So you, yeah. life happens. So yeah, so it's a good place to just spend 20 minutes on yourself. That actually sounds pretty wonderful. I'm going to go spend 20 minutes on myself. Right after this, hmm. but I'm ha ha ha. That's an adult joke for a uh, all ages podcast. And of course, we know it doesn't take twenty minutes. Please, I have a cramp. I'd have carpal tunnel by then. We'll be back next week. Uh, keep your questions rolling in, everybody. You can email me at jason.alme, A-L-M-E, at teamalme.com if you've got any questions that you want us to answer here in the Summer Circle. In the meantime, y'all. Keep it up. Keep sweating. Keep keep grinding out there. Keep eating your chicken breast and your quinoa, honey. Keep up the great work. Hell yeah, people. We'll catch you next week on the Slimmer Circle. Adios. Adios.